Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio. 855kHz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Uh, thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show highlighting issues around homelessness and rooming houses. Hi, my name's Bill, and each week on the Living Free Show we highlight one of the 12-step programs that assist recovery from drugs, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery experience and show us that shared experience save lives. Today my guests are Brad and James, and they're members of Gamblers Anonymous, and they're going to be sharing how Gamblers Anonymous has helped them to recover from gambling. So welcome to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Thanks, thanks Bill. Thanks, Bill. Um, so with the show, we usually start talking about you know, growing up and what, life's, what life was like and what sort of led us towards gambling. Um, but I think um, initially, what if we just talk about how long you've been in GA and what sort of gambling was your major addiction? Right? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, so... Um, I've been in GA for probably eight to ten years in total now, um, on and off for, for a few years. Had, had a few busts in between you know, over that journey. Um, and, um, yeah, my main form of gambling uh, at the TAB, um, horses and greyhounds and so on, and then sports betting as well. So, um, yeah, that's my story. Yep. Okay, thanks. What about you, James? Yeah, Bill, I, um, I've been a member of Gambles Anonymous for eight years now, um, and... I'm grateful I've been abstinent for that period of time. Uh, so what what was your main gambling? And yeah, pokies. Pokies, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely pokies. Uh that that was my um that was my poison. Yeah. Right, okay, thanks. Okay. So well back to you then, Brad. So um growing up, what was what was family life like for you? And was there any sort of indication of problems in your family or anything that led you to gambling? Yeah, yeah, no no there wasn't. Um yeah, had a, had a great family. My, my parents or grandparents, as far as I knew, had no um, form of gambling in their past. And um, yeah, I grew up in a in a big family, mum and dad, and two younger sisters. And um, yeah, much loved. Um, had lots of opportunities. Um, mum and dad worked yeah worked really hard um, to put me in position to to go to school. And um, yeah, I was I was very lucky, I suppose you could say. Um, and yeah, so I was, I was looked after. Um, probably a little bit, a little, a little bit sheltered um, throughout some of that time. Um, and yeah, not exposed to a lot of things. They were very caring and wanted to um, yeah look after me best they did. Um, yeah. Sort of the cotton wool treatment. Yeah, it, it was, and I, and I think they were doing the best they possibly could. And and um, yeah, that was great at the time, but maybe not so much looking back now a little bit. Yeah. So when did you start having issues regarding responsibility and that? Yeah, probably, I mean, I, I did enjoy school. I really, I, I, um, I was going for good grades all the time and reached, striving for those A's and um, liked to impress them and um, do well for myself. But then as soon as um, school finished, I probably fell in a bit of a hole, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. so I was probably 18. Yeah. So did you have any anxiety? Were you sort of driven that way? No, not not so much. I I, I just think that um, yeah, I I wasn't able to accept um, the responsibilities that 
growing up as an as an adult um, I needed to do. So yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, and how about you, James? What was life like growing up for you? Yeah, listen, similar to um, what Brad said, I grew up in a very loving family. I had two older sisters, um, so I was the youngest. Um, and uh, yeah, listen, life was life was a breeze growing up. Really, um, I definitely had the cotton wool treatment. Yeah, uh, everything pretty much was done for me. And um, you know, as as years passed, uh, I think even before I was eighteen, I was actually seeing friends and you know I had a great group of friends and I could see that they were doing some things that uh, were done for me at home you know yeah. things that um, I just thought were a, were, were a done deal were, were just done for me at home you know yeah. um, so I didn't have really any responsibilities my only responsibility was going to school and um, again yeah strived at school my parents worked extremely hard to send me to a uh, to give me a good education something they didn't have and uh yeah apart from going to school and um you know catching up with friends and having a good group of um friends around me uh I had no other responsibilities really okay um so did any of your family have any gambling or any addictions uh no uh, there was no um, form of addiction across um my family on either side um uh, so yeah, I grew up in a stable household with no no addictions. Right. Yeah. So what drew you into pokies? Uh, well, I, one once I got my first uh, full time position after spending years at uni, I uh, I actually went down to a, a pokey venue and um, just you know at a lunchtime and uh, I, I won a considerable sum of money. And uh, gee, I was hooked straight away. I actually thought I'd wasted seven seven years of uni, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I thought, gee, this is great. Uh, and it just gave me a really uplifted feeling when that when I had that win, and um, yeah, it just it just started a bit of a spiral for me, and yeah. uh, I just wanted more of it. Yeah, yeah. So when you say uplifted, did you have self doubt? Was that? Yeah, I I think that. Um, you know, I'd recently uh, met my partner, and all of a sudden there were some responsibilities that, prior to that, I I was not required to fulfil, and all of a sudden, you know, I had to be a, a partner. But at the same time, I was I was living a different life. You know, I, I, I was I was two people. Yeah, um, yeah. The gambler and the and the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that. that that's how that was. Okay. Um, so did you feel you were hooked straight away? Was that something? Um, pretty much. I uh, After that first win, I think I felt... Uh, I remember the next day, actually, thinking, oh, I should, go, I should go back there again and get some more money out of these machines. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember I lost that, uh, whether it was the day after or maybe it was even a week after... Um, I, I didn't feel, feel as though I was compulsive then. I was, I've always been a very competitive person with sport um, and my you know, studies, but uh, I didn't feel I had to return straight away. But it wasn't too long after that that it started becoming more frequent. Okay. And how did you feel when you were gambling? Um, I just felt like I was uh, in a peaceful place. Um, 
I mean, in hindsight now, that's just ridiculous to even hear myself say that. But at the time, I just felt like there were no demands made upon me. I had no responsibilities. Um, I was just able to spend my time how I wanted to spend it. And whether that was a feeling of wanting to reward myself going to the venue or to escape from um, you know, my, my responsibilities at the time, I just found myself at a venue... Um, frequently, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, back back to you, um, Brad. Um, so going to uni and starting to gamble. So how did you fund your gambling? Um, yeah, I, I had some part time jobs. So um, yeah, I grew up loving sport. Played footy and cricket, and yes, yeah, so I took up umpiring in my late teens. Um, I actually did that instead of playing, which I look back now and yeah. on and. Not too sure why I did it because I just loved the game. Um, but yes, yeah, so I umpired for a few years and um, yeah, did some other part-time jobs, stacking shelves to sort of fund my lifestyle through those early uni days. Yeah. yeah. So did you enjoy uni? No, I I didn't. Um, uh, I yeah, I I didn't know what I was doing there. To be honest, I didn't know. Um, where it was going to take me because I, I didn't have any sort of long-term outlook on, yeah, on my 20s and 30s and, and, and longer. And so um, I just thought it was the right place to be at the time when I um, enrolled. I thought, yeah, this is the place that I'm, I need to be doing to make make everyone happy. And, um, yeah, so I, I did that, but I, I didn't really have any sort of goals and aims about, around, about how I should complete those studies. Yeah. So were you escaping into gambling, do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of, um, I suppose, trying to take on those challenges of uni and growing up, and I would, yeah, it was just a lot easier and more comfortable to head down to a to a TAB or, or wherever I would gamble and, yeah, escape those um, escape those life issues that I should have been taking taking on, and um, yeah, just it's just yeah, putting lots of dollars through those um, for the. Through TAB, so yeah, yeah. yeah on, on the gambling ads, there's often this view that it's a group activity and that everybody's doing it. But is it is it a group or is it individual? Yeah, it's 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 mostly individual. I, yeah, I did have um, a couple of mates from school. Well, unfortunately, the school I went to was quite heavy, heavy, heavily involved. Yeah, um, and so we would talk. Like, yeah, during, during the latter stages of schooling, we would sort of talk about it, what was coming up in the races, and that would definitely encourage people to do that. Yeah. Um, and so um, there, there were people and mates that I did it with, um, but yeah, they well, from what I understand, they never, um, yeah, they, they ne- never let it overtake them as I as, as it did to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, in, in financing your own gambling, I think you were living at home at the time. Did that make it easier just to gamble? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I was I was the oldest, so um, yeah. My, I I think my parents sort of threw out the idea that I should pay rent every week, and that obviously slid through to the keeper <laughs> many times. Um, I didn't have to pay bills. Um, I think I somehow saved up some money for one of my first cars, and we sort of chipped in some money together to get that. Yeah. So that was an expense. But other than that, um, a lot of my a lot of the money that I earned in those part time roles could. Yeah, could be spent gambling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so it wasn't so much a financial problem, but it was a social problem for you. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that's right. I didn't, I didn't need to save the money, so I could spend it. I mean, I should have been spending it elsewhere, but went there. Um, and yeah, it was it was more a social problem and probably an inability to grow up and um, and as I said before, take on responsibility. Yeah. So, what was a typical punting day like for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, initially, I enjoyed. With the horse races, it was on the weekends, um, and so Saturday mornings. I mean, Friday night even. I would know that Saturday's coming up, so I'd probably I could check the form and and early on it, I enjoyed that studying it and trying to beat the odds, as they say, and um, and that was a bit of a challenge that I enjoyed early on. Um, and so yeah, then Saturday morning would roll around, and I'd make sure I had enough cash to to head down to the TAB or to the to the, to the track and. Pretty much unload, just escape from everything else, and 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 yeah, throw my money away. So yeah. yeah. So what's it like to lose all your money at a racetrack? What what's that feeling? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not sure, James. Um, but and, until until your last dollar's gone, you think that you're you're, ca- you're capable of winning it all back. Yeah. And um, it's a terrible way of thinking, and it's something that. Um, yeah, live with me for a long time until if I took a big sum of money, if I had 10% of that money left, then that was going to go because I thought I could win it all back. And yeah. that's what I learned from one of my first days at the races. So, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, doesn't sound good. Um, so <clears throat> with, with you, um, James, did you find it difficult to have relationships with your family or anyone else when you're gambling because of this need to sort of keep part of your life secret? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I suppose you're sort of living a, a second life and um, you know, it's, gambling's one of those things that it's not visible. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd still go to um, family events, um, social events, um, you know, I'd still interact, but... Uh, you know, at times I'd be putting a smile on my face and uh, acting like no one would have known um, the pain I was in. Um, and I just felt as though I was just, uh, you know, my mind was just spinning all the time because I'd often be yeah. thinking about gambling. And it was just like a, uh, just a constant struggle. Uh, and I, I, I felt as though I wasn't present quite a lot of the time at these at these events distracted yeah that's yeah, right just yeah. distracted and because um, the whole time you're thinking about oh who have I lied to and who have I um, borrowed money off and who who do I need to give money back to and it was just a constant draining uh, mentally physically spiritually uh, so it was yeah it was it was quite difficult to to deal with that and deal with certain um, gatherings because I just felt like I wasn't present yeah, um, a lot of the time. Yeah. So, what's it like lying to your parents about a gambling problem? Oh, listen, I'd I'd lie to my parents. I'd lie to, you know, my wife. Uh, I'd lie to anyone in order for me to get my hands on on money, or or in order for me to gamble the following day. Or I'd lie about um, where I'd been. You know, all those things to cover my tracks. It was just exhausting. Yeah, um, mm. you know, these are people that support support me and love me, and uh, you know, 
it just didn't matter who I lied to. Yeah. As long as I was able to get my fix, you know, whether it was for the following day or the following week. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Thanks. Uh, well, so we might take a quick break. Uh, we've got a song, and this one's called "To Be Free," and it's by Emiliana Torrini. Listening to Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. We have over 90 episodes of our Living Free Show available as podcasts on the website 3cr.org.au forward slash living free. So you can check them out there. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can send us a message um, either via 3CR on phone on 9419 or email us 3CR free at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter as 3CR Living Free. I'm talking today with Brad and James, and we're talking about recovering from gambling addiction with the help of Gamblers Anonymous. Um, so I think, uh, Brad, we sort of left where you're living at home, you're gambling a lot. Um, so how did life progress? Uh, yeah, pretty difficultly, to be honest, Bill. Um, yeah, so I was early 20s, and um, yeah, by that stage, it had pretty well taken over um most of as james said earlier most of my thoughts and feelings ideas um were yeah consumed by gambling and yeah i wasn't able to be present in, in a lot of the situations that i've been put in so um it was, it was a tough period I, I lost my my dad um just before i turned 21 and so that was also pretty difficult to go through at the time and um, that was a yeah it was a, it was a very quick thing and um there wasn't 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 a lot of time to sort of say goodbye, and so I think trying to yeah trying to grow up um, whilst going through the gambling and then having to go through something like this was was pretty difficult. Looking back on now, um, and yeah, so, so so it was a tough period trying to work out who, who I wanted to be, um, try to finish uni, um, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. So did you realise that you couldn't stop gambling? Yeah, well, I think. Early on, I, I thought I thought I could control it. Um, yeah, something that I did with mates and, and on the weekends socially and, and enjoyed, um, but pretty quickly, um, yeah, it was turned into a downward spiral. Yeah. So, any of your other mates had the same problem, or just you? Uh, we did it together um, early on, but um, from them, it quickly yeah became very individual, and I was on my own and. And I, I enjoyed it that way, to be honest. So I could gamble when and how I wanted to, and yeah, no one could really tell me how to how to go about it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it must be comforting in a way, but it's isolation, isn't it? You're cutting yourself off. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, from from the outside, from the outside world, uh, world literally, the four walls of of the TAB, yeah, were very consuming, and I didn't have to I didn't have to worry about yeah responsibilities, um, partner, job career study um those sorts of things that someone of that age might be trying to uh, look forward to and achieve yeah yeah did it make you feel anxious about life or um yeah to be honest i I don't think i thought about life too much it was just it was 
was very consuming. I wish I could say life made me feel anxious. Um, it probably would have meant I had some growth. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think when those sorts of ideas would come up, I would pretty quickly put them to the side and and, and get back and, and, and have another, another bet to escape those sort of feelings. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Thank you. Um, so what about you, James? Um, gambling continued as you the more money you got the more availability it had so how did you um how did you get enough money to gamble yeah well i was paid weekly in my first um full-time position and uh you know prior to that uh my money was coming from part-time jobs whilst i was um studying so when i had my first full-time job uh, I was getting paid weekly, and you know I was getting paid more than what I was earning before. So um, that that's when things started to begin. Uh, and having money there, you know, it would begin where I'd I'd go to a venue um, at lunchtime, and I'd spend some of my pay. Uh, this is the day after I'd been paid, and you know, win, lose, or draw, I would. Initially, I'd, I'd return to the venue. Um, sometimes on the way home, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd stop at another venue and lo- usually lose more money. And it, it just became a pattern uh, that I that I couldn't pull myself out of. Uh, it was as if my when I was driving, as if my car was on a train track that would just go just straight, straight to a venue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the next um, stop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Um, did you have favourite venues? Listen, I did, and usually they were geographically based. Yeah. So, you know, not far from where we lived at the time, I would f- frequently uh, visit the local venue. Um, I had quite a bit of time on my hands. Um, I'd unfortunately lost that full-time work due to um, taking money from petty cash, and I was given the opportunity to be honest and admit to taking it i denied it denied it denied it and in the end i just yeah i just cried and fell into a heap and and unfortunately that resulted with my termination and it put me into a position where i just i just moved out with my um, then girlfriend and i had a lot of time on my hands to start a new business for myself and it was just a it was just a terrible time where I had to somehow start a business from the ground and and uh, I just had too much time on my hands. I was a procrastinator. I didn't really want to put the time and effort into growing my business because I was just consumed by the pokies and yeah. Yeah. distracted. Totally. Absolutely, yeah. totally distracted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Um, so when when did it become a problem to you? Oh, I'd say um, in my late uh, late twenties. I think that's when it really started to spiral. I was going to venues um, on a daily basis. Yeah, um, quite often I was on a daily basis. If I had money, I would go to a venue. Um, and if I didn't have money, I'd 
I'd borrow it from parents. Um, they helped me out numerous times. Um, but looking back on it now, it was actually bailing me out um, mm. and enabling me to, to continue gambling. If the money wasn't there, I'm, I'm sure I probably would have found it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing with gambling. It, it makes you do things that you never thought were possible. It's not in your moral yeah. compass. And mm, I just yeah. lost my moral compass completely. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard um, – I heard a, an alcoholic say once that um, when you wake up in the morning and you need a drink – You'll find a drink. That, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter where you are, you'll find a drink. And Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's driven, yeah. Mm. Um, so, Brad, how did you start your recovery process? Um, yeah, as I said, I've been in the program quite a few years now um, and early on um, I found it hard to relate. Um, I was, I'm from Adelaide originally and, um, yeah, early on in the, in the GA GA program, um, yeah, I, I, I tried to listen to their stories and I tried to be honest, but um, I, I don't think I was ready for a new reality um, to, to grow up and try to take on some responsibility. Um, and so, yeah, I, I struggled early days. Um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, there, there, were, there were a lot of people, a lot of great people in Gambles Anonymous, um, and I've I've learnt that through more recent recovery that I've actually put myself out there and um and yeah and try to listen to the stories and and share and be honest and be, and as be open and as open and willing as I could possibly be yeah um, it's the honesty isn't it it's it's coming it's admitting yourself that you have a problem yeah once you yeah. get over that yeah that's fine that's yeah. just some people can't do that that's yeah. right and that's that's that that was me until I was until I was ready and to be honest and upfront and deal with some of the things that I had going on in my life then yeah I just I wasn't ready um to to grow so yeah yeah so what did that mean for you as a gambler uh yeah um it was a struggle um yeah throughout so I'm early 30s now and so it's probably been a 15 year gambling career um which has taken up most of my adult life um obviously I've I've, I've been able to achieve some things. Moving to Melbourne, as an example, um, yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed and sort of sport was was a was a great filler, I suppose. There, I, mean, I loved it and I was passionate about it. Um, but I've had some other things going on. But ultimately, like every time something would get really difficult, I would yeah, I would turn to gambling as as, as an outlet. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know why you did that? Can you, you know, do you have an insight into why you would turn to gambling? Just, yeah, I mean, just as an escape because, um, yeah, I, I didn't know, yeah, as an example, like career-wise, I didn't know what I wanted to be doing. And so to actually look deeply into that and the, the sort of person I am, I like to sort of research and, and, um, and work out what's best for me. But I wasn't ready to do that for for my career, as an example. So, because that would have taken time and effort, and I wasn't willing to put in the time and effort that that would have taken. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, how about you, James? What did you feel? What was the what was the escaping gambling for you? Uh, um, the the every time I was at a venue, I just felt that that time was my time. Yeah. And that 
uh, you know, I was escaping my work commitments. I was escaping um, from um, any responsibility that I had to do with family, um, some social engagements, um, and it just became it, it just became my go to place. Uh, you know, to I, I'd go there if I was um, not feeling good about myself uh, you know I, I went through a lot of self-pity self-loathing and I, I essentially thought that my lot in life was just going to be as a compulsive gambler um, and I just thought there was no way no way out of it at all yeah so that's uh you know I just thought yeah and and what that does is as soon as you start to think that you know, when I was thinking in my head, uh, it wasn't a good place to be because I just thought my lot in life was I was just going to gamble forever and I just didn't know how to get out of it. I, I wasn't willing to, to grow up. I wasn't willing to take on responsibilities and, and make the changes that I needed to make um, in order to stop gambling. Yeah. So what was the thing that caused you to expose this second life that you had running? <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, I I got I was caught out. Um, you know, as I shared before, that gambling something you don't really see the physical effects um, of someone who gambles. And yeah, it was my wife at one point. Um, she obviously had reason to uh, to uh, find out about my or to inquire about my password to my banking details. And um, you know that in itself, looking back, was was a big mistake. You know, who wouldn't share their banking details with their, with their <laughs> wife? You know, something's wrong. There's alarm bells going off there already. But uh, yeah, and I knew as soon as she asked me for the password to my um, secret account, uh, <laughs> I just knew that I was gone. I, ju- I just yeah. knew that. Oh my gosh, this is this is actually it. And um, yeah, it's pretty emotional. Just thinking about that time yeah and um it was the at the time it was just the worst the worst day of my life and um it's nice now to look back thinking it was actually the best day of my mm. life um yeah. yeah and that that's where things you know i was ready to accept that i had a problem yeah and um i was desperate to do something about it yeah thank you uh, well, listen, we might take another quick break. Uh, I've got another song. This one's called Take Me Home by Thea Gilmore. You're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. I'm chatting with Brad and James about controlling, or not controlling, getting over gambling problems. Um, So, Brad, we sort of left you where you just started to get into GA, but wasn't really for you. So what happened next? I'd moved over to back to well, moved over to Melbourne um, on my own. So family was still in Adelaide at that stage. And to be honest, the early days when I moved to Melbourne, it was 
was pretty easy because I was here alone and I didn't I didn't have to see family. Um, I had no further responsibilities in that in that regard. I, I did have a job, a full time job, um, which was which is good and bad. It, it was it was great for for the working and tried to improve my career, but um, I had yeah extra access to obviously yeah money and um, a full a full time wage, which um, which yeah probably. Um, led me, led me even harder um, down um, down that, that gambling path and back to venues and um, yeah, the struggle probably continued early days in Melbourne for sure. Yeah. So, what brought you back to GA then? Uh, yeah. So, I um, I met um, a wonderful woman in in Melbourne and um, uh, it came up. Um, she she found out that I um, I actually. Yeah, did confess to her that um, I had a gambling addiction, and um, that was very difficult. Just um, she, yeah, she didn't um, find out. Like um, as, as James shared, she, I, she sort of was asking some questions, and I wasn't. We spoke about being present before. I wasn't present in all our time together, and um, so I confessed to her that um, I had an addiction, and she sort of put it to me that, uh, well. This can go two ways. You can you can go to GA and and try and sort sort this out, or or we we won't be continuing this this relationship. So yeah, yeah. so you chose GA. I did. Yeah, <laughs> even though that's right. Against your better judgment. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I believe that there are people in life who can help you see the light, and she's definitely done that for me. Um, and yeah, so I. I went back. Um, I was a little bit older, just a little bit wiser, probably than my previous attempts at, at yeah. GA. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I moved on with a, with another journey, um, a further journey of, of GA. So, yeah. yeah. So I suppose also you didn't have any props under you. You didn't have any support mechanism. Not, which, partic- yeah. not particularly. No, no. Um, yeah, it was. I was pretty much a lone soldier over here. Um, I had some I had some friends who. Who um who were great mates um but they had their own their own things going on partners um yeah wives children career those sorts of things that take up your time and so yeah I I could I, I didn't have anyone else really um yeah helping me through that journey at, at the time yeah yeah so how did you reconcile with this second life and try and bring it back to one is that a difficult thing to do to to sort of drop an entire part of your life. Yeah, yeah, it is, and um, I, I believe now that only until you're actually ready to do that and to try and to, to change your life and to want better, um, then only until that point, then you probably won't want to want to drop that second life because it's, it's it's easy, it's comfortable. Um, but I share this quite a lot in my GA shares now. I, I, I'm I'm so ready to to challenge and confront things that come my way these days. Um, whereas before, um, yeah, it, it was it was all too easy. And I did, and yeah. and running to a venue and escaping was 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 the easiest path for me. Yeah. And what's it like now being honest with people? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's just it's just amazing, really. I yeah. suppose. Um, James spoke about living living lies and covering your tracks, and um, it's just so refreshing not 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 having to have to do that 
anymore. Yeah. To remember who you lied to, yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> how many lies I told this person and how much money I had and was rent paid or was this bill paid? Um, were you going to show up to the, to the next birthday? Um, and mm. so – and I don't have – a lot of as, as much recovery as, as James does. Um, I've got about 250 days, but um, as, as I said earlier, I'm, I, I just want better because I, I'll be able to see three people like this. That what's what's out there for you? So yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the thing about 12 step recovery. It's the power of example. You see yeah. these people who are living these lives, and you think, wow, that's that's some life. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Totally. The and truth. it's not a Facebook life. It's a no. Life. <laughs> no, that's right, and yeah, and until you you're willing to sort of meet those people and understand their yeah. stories, and you share your stories, um, then then you then you're not going to be ready. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that now. So okay, um, so um, James, we sort of left you where you sort of had to admit that you had a problem, and it led to a split up in your relationship. Mm. Um, so how did that go? What 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 did um, what did you do at that point mm. that improved things? Oh, listen, uh, yeah, the, listen, the first thing I did was um, I got to a GA meeting. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was like my whole world had just been um, turned upside down and I just needed to um, do something about my gambling addiction, um, something I'd known I'd had for a number of years by by this stage, and it was just it was crunch time. It was time to um, accept that my life had just become unmanageable, you know. And I and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's a bit of a cliche we use at GA, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know I, I'd ha- I'd had enough, uh, and because gambling really uh, it took. All my choices away from me. Yeah, um, I just wasn't able to to have the choices that I saw so many others around me have, and uh, so yeah, the the way in which things started to to repair and to mend was was just getting to GA meetings. And um, my first meeting, I just felt there was an enormous amount of hope in the room. Uh, I, I could resonate with what some others were sharing. You know, when they were sharing their story, I I didn't feel as alone. I, I felt like um, I was in a room with um, people like myself. People who'd been there, yeah. Yeah, they, that's right. They'd walk the walk. Yeah. Um, and I just listened intently. I, I, I was just so desperate to turn my life around and because gambling, I was just a shell of a person, really. And, um, yeah, I was just so lucky to come across some, some fantastic people in the group um, that just, you know, they they were just telling me to take things easy. They were telling me not to be too hard on myself. But the thing that was continually, um, or was was advised from the from day one, was just keep coming back. You know, keep yeah. coming back to meetings. Yeah, keep yeah. listening. Yeah, keep listening. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, you know, I always thought I was, I knew the best, mm. and uh, you know, I'd, I learned very quickly that. Um, part of the reason why I ended up there was I'd have huge expectations, not only on myself, which I knew I was unable to achieve. Uh, I had huge expectations on those around me, and um, it was unfair to place those expectations on people near and dear to me. And, um, yeah, I knew that the problem, it was my problem, and it was my problem to fix. Yeah, Mm. and you could fix it. 
It was fixable. Yeah. It was fixable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You, you couldn't fix it, but it was fixable. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think that's uh, sometimes people get a misconception that, you know, going to 12 step programs, you find the way to change yourself, but you actually go there and you get changed. It's not, you don't do the changing. That's right. Because you're the problem. Yeah. 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 So you get changed by listening to other people. Yeah. Which is a really valuable thing to happen. Mm. Um, So back to you then, Brad. Um, So how has GA improved your life? Yeah. So since I have been willing and open to honesty and um, being true to myself, um, yeah, I, I just, I just, it gives me a space where I can really question, um, like ask myself t- the tough questions that need to be asked, and where I can where I can answer them essentially. So um, I go to a couple of meetings there, um, and yeah, it's it's about it's about understanding who you are as a person and um, what you need to be doing, and and how you can achieve the best results for yourself. And so. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's about asking the tough questions and and trying to find the answers. Yeah, yeah, accepting yourself as somebody who isn't perfect, and but you want to get better. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all, I mean, we've all got flaws. I mean, yeah. we're all going to have <clears throat> and we're all going to have tough t- tough times and challenges. Um, and it's about understanding that. Um, and that yeah, you don't. I don't need to run to the nearest venue to to escape those things anymore. Yeah. Um, which is. Which is something I haven't had for well for, yeah. my, for most of my life until until recently. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's amazing since it has yeah. turned around. Yeah, it's about growing up and being responsible for yourself. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not expecting other people to do for you what you can do for yourself. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that um, in many um, addictions, it's about being supported in your addiction. So what sort of things, you know, with you, James, what sort of things supported you continuing your addiction? As in, as in um, what supported me since I stopped or, no, or what well, supported the, the actual addiction? The actual addiction, yeah. yeah okay. so what we the, call the, the, the props. The, yeah. yeah, the props. Yeah. Um, oh, listen, oh, you know, I, I just come up with these fanciful stories as to why I needed money from my parents Um from from friends, um, and you know, I, and whenever whenever I didn't have a cent left in my bank account, I just always somehow land on my feet by getting money off off someone. Yeah. Um, whether it was a you know a small amount, large amount, the amount didn't really matter. Um, no, <laughs> it was just the next gamble. <laughs> it was just the next gamble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Access. But it and 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 you know, it got to the point where I I realised that. It wasn't a definitely wasn't a financial problem. Yeah, um, it wasn't about money. It was no. not about money. Yeah, no, yeah. I could have been feeding popcorn into the poking <laughs> yeah, machine. Yeah. You know, um, it was just that escape, that isolation, um, and just willing, willing. I just didn't have the willingness to grow up. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And so, so if you couldn't get money from someone, you always found it somewhere. Oh, listen, there, there were times where I, yeah, usually I did find it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and the, then the times when I couldn't um, get my hands on money, what happened there was 
uh, I was irritable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it affected me in different ways. Even when I wasn't physically gambling, I was thinking about it or, you know, I was put in a position where I put myself in this position where I just had to deal with life on life's terms and I, I just wasn't ready. No, I, I just, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what sort of things would you say to, to somebody who was in your in your position before you um, got to GA, what would you say to them about, you know, to consider? Yeah, well, there's there's a place you can go if if you're desperate enough to... If you want to stop. If you want to stop, uh, Gamblers Anonymous is is what did it for me, uh, getting to regular meetings uh, as well as step meetings. But just to get along to your first meeting because... uh, and just to listen to the similarities and not the differences um, when you hear people share, it's a big step to take getting to your first meeting, but it's a step that, you know, it's a step definitely in the right direction um, because gambling doesn't change. Gambling's always there. But uh, to get to a meeting and to hear people share their stories of you know, their, their experience, strength and hope um, can really give someone who's, who's struggling and wants to stop gambling um, every possible chance to get better. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, how about you, Brad? What What's your advice to the the gambler who may want to stop? Yeah. Sim- sim- very similar, James. Just do do all you can to get your bum, bum in the seat. Um, I suppose before that, you, you have to be you have to be ready for me. Uh, um, I had to be ready to want to change. To want to change. Yeah. And um, for me, it was that only came through some difficult situations and points. Where I had hit lows, and so to try to try and get to a meeting before you can hit the hit those hit those lows, <laughs> those extreme lows, <laughs> then it's it's hard because um, because you think you're going okay, and oh yeah, I can beat this. I've beat this before, and for me, it was definitely oh yeah, look, I've got through this time, and I can I can, I can do it again. But ultimately, I, I feel like there, there will be a point where you, you yeah point of no return, and for me, I I found that and it was it was probably too more. It was, it was very late in my in my life, unfortunately, but um, but 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 I hit that point, and um, yeah, now I'm I'm ready, I'm there, and and I'm active, and um, yeah, James and I, we we talk a lot, and we've built a relationship, and that's what I would encourage people in in similar positions to do to try and get there and mm-hmm. and join in and be active and and talk and share and just be open. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Gamblers Anonymous, <clears throat> you can phone them on 03-9696-6108 or you can go online at gaustralia.org.au. Uh, that's about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Brad and James for coming into the 3CR studio and sharing their Gamblers Anonymous recovery experience with us. Thank you both. Thanks, Thanks Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having us. Uh, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking about recovering from alcoholism and we'll be joined by Tom and Jasmine from Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio, hosted by Kerry Lee, and featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts, all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Thanks again for listening to the Living Free program today. El Dorado, the story of Scudiez, is the story of a fight of a small community in northern Greece against a multinational-owned gold mine project that threatens their homes and lives. A grassroots movement is fighting against the destruction of the environment caused by the extraction methods and for democratic control over the most crucial basic resources, water, air and land. It shows Greece in the era of social and economic crisis where the rights of communities and the environment 
collide with big business and profit. This screening will be followed by a performance by Banditas playing classic Rembetica songs of love and loss, pain and pleasure at Café Gummo, 711 High Street, Thornbury on Saturday the 10th of August at 7.30pm. Entry will be by gold coin donation and all funds will go to 3CR. again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, Education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. This is our country. We've never forgotten where we've come from. Or who we are. We keep our culture strong. Now it's time to come together. Talk as equals. And write our own future. This is our country. And this is our time. Treaty is time. Enroll now for the First People's Assembly of Victoria election. Authorised by the Victorian Treaty Advancement Commission, Melbourne. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the DOGS program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it.